Hello everyone, this is Why Wait Till Sunday. We've had a small break uh, during the summer, uh, kind of getting some great content in season ready for you guys. And uh, But after a couple vacations and just to kind of needed a little bit of time to think to myself, we are back. We're going to keep trying to do at least one a week now. And then in season, obviously, we're going to do the DFS slates. we got tons of stuff prepared for you. Uh, that's going to be very good. But tonight, I've got... Uh, a good Twitter buddy of mine, uh, Tyler O, on the show. He's at FF Tyler O. So if you're not following, go check it out. He does um, redraft content on a podcast called Fantasy Hot Read. And then he is doing DFS this year with Dynasty Warzone, a well known Dynasty site, but they're getting into the DFS game. And uh, we are excited. I am excited to talk to Tyler about his first experience in a Devi league. So we are trying to get people into these deeper formats. But first, the intro. Hello, and welcome to Why Wait Till Sunday. I'm your host, Alfred, and I am here with a very special guest tonight. This guy's got it all, everything you could ask for. Longhorn fans are excited about Bijan Robinson, number five. This is a guy who comes in as the number one running back recruit in the country. Elite, elite, elite. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped down. He's got tremendous upside. By Stevenson, wrapping a little bit of pressure as he launches it downfield. Touchdown Sooners, the breakout freshman, Marvin Mims. Is so confused on defense. Lane Kiffin was trying to get a timeout. Instead, it's a first down and it's a touchdown for defense. He's my play of the week. Smash potential here. That's what I'm saying. The royalty of college football is in assembly at the Rose Bowl 2006. Tyler, how are you, buddy? How's it going over there in Michigan? Things are good. Things are good, man. Just uh, gearing up for the NFL season. You know, I feel like in the off season, I feel so far away, and then I blink, and then here we are, sitting in August, gearing up for preseason DFS, dynasty rookie drafts are in the books, dynasty startups in the books, and I'm just turning out redraft content. So uh, excited that uh, football is right around the corner, my man. You're you're totally right about that. I mean, it is it like, you know, in February, March, it feels like forever away, and then it all of a sudden, yeah, you blink, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh my, yeah, this is it, Hall of Fame game tomorrow, and then every week preseason, and then you know, it is going to be here before we know it, and of course, the college season starts even the ten days or so before, and now they're doing like a week zero thing with like six games mm-hmm. in late August. I mean, we're we're like three weeks away from that, so. Uh, it's, it's here and I think we're going to have a better season this year overall for, for vast number of reasons, but it's looking like we might have like routine schedules, <laughs> you know, uh, no cancellations, no postponements, none of these, like give your league commissioner your alternate in case some game doesn't play all that crap that happened last year. So I am excited as well. Um, 
So I wanted to have you on tonight because you joined a Devi league that I commission. Um, and I try to get people who are good fantasy players, but maybe have never done Devi before. And so you were one of those guys. We had uh, a player last year just opt out. He, he kind of just got burned out a little bit, I guess. And this league was on the chopping block, but you took over a team. Um, really happy that you jumped in there. You, well, I asked you to do it and you really didn't hesitate. So why did you want to jump into a Devi league? I think this is your first and only one right now. Correct. Correct. So I've been a redraft player for, I think this year is actually for more years than, than I haven't been a redraft player. So, I mean, this is years, I think 16. So it's always been something that I've been interested in. And then I've been diving into the dynasty. I think this is my fifth year playing dynasty football and like every year I've been doing the dynasty uh, game, you know, I get a little bit deeper into it, right? I, I start understanding it a bit more. I start diving deeper into the rookies. Um, and I think the, well, these last two years, at least, um, I've really been diving deep into like understanding like, all right, the rookie draft's coming up. I'm tired of just like, you know, listening to a podcast or reading an article and then making my picks from there. You know, it's not that those those articles or those podcasts, you know, always steer me wrong. But like, you know, somebody who likes to craft my process, I wanted to put it in my own hands. So I started to actually like scout these players, look at the analytics, watch a little bit of film. I'm, I'm not much of a film guy as some other people, but I still you know like to take a look at it. So as, as I started doing that naturally, I became a little bit more interested in these players at the collegiate level, um, you know, particularly those who have declared for the draft, obviously. Um, but, you know, with that, um, you know, starts to develop an interest in college football. And then I start, as I start playing Dynasty, I'm looking maybe not one year, but two to three years ahead. And when I'm doing that, naturally, I'm looking at guys who are, you know, freshmen, sophomores, juniors. And, you know, when you came, when you came into the DMs and asked me, you know, like, I, I might have been hesitant with somebody else. But, you know, we've, we've been connected on Twitter for a bit. I know you're a big Debbie guy. And I was like, you know, this is, this is the right opportunity. This is the right time for me to take the jump in. Um, you know, I, I've, I feel like I've got enough information under my belt to start making some decisions and you're just you're not going to get good at something unless you try you're not going to get better at something unless you start doing it so decided like hey let's do it i know the league's going to at least be semi-legit we got alfred at the helm so um you know I, let, let's dip my toes in the debbie waters yeah well i i love to hear that and actually that is that is pretty much my exact um you know path that i took as well you just i started dynasty and basically, we you know, waited like most novices until April to read a couple of articles and, you know, make some lists of rookies. And then all of a sudden, I mean, it's almost exactly like you did, where it's like, if I'm going to be good at this, I need to own my process. Um, so you start doing that. Naturally, then you're like interested in and, and a big thing that I think of. And, and one reason why I say like Dynasty is, is just I mean, there's a hop, skip, not even a hop, skip and a jump, a hop and a skip away from Debbie because you really need to know two or three years down the line because mm -hmm. if someone comes offering you a 2023 first round pick, you don't want to just be like, oh, whatever. It's a two years away pick. Who cares? Like you want to have some idea of is that class stacked or is that class not stacked? And we have a nice, uh, these last couple of years, you know, 2020 had tons of running backs right mm -hmm. we had like five great running backs and yeah, RIP cam Akers, but he was gonna you know be one of those five and we, we still have four other guys we love then this year was weak at running back pretty much if javante williams hadn't jumped in there and been, been legit guy you'd have barely two running backs and the rest nothing mm -hmm. and then again 2022 is gonna probably be weak 2023 is looking already like it's chock full so 
it helps you get a sense of future picks, what they're really worth, instead of just treating them like a commodity that you don't know the value of, which I think a lot of people actually do in Dynasty, where they're just like, oh, I'll throw in a future pick because whatever. Mm-hmm. But you, some classes you can tell years away, like this is going to be a chock full class. So yep. I, I definitely think it lends itself to, you know, if you want to be a good Dynasty player, you're basically kind of a Debbie player anyway. You just haven't, you just don't get to pick those players, even though you should know about them. Correct. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how I feel. I, you know, I think that, that you, you mentioned you brought up a good point there. Is that's another thing that I started taking into account. I think only two years ago is like, you know, 2023 first or 2022 first. Like, let's like it. Like, I know it's it's tough to really project what that's going to look like, you know, but at the same time, like, let's at least like put a list together and say, like, who could be in this class? Who's most likely going to be there? Who do I think has the potential to be in the top three? And then kind of make that decision from there. Again, it's just, it's just owning the process instead of just, you know, chalking it up to straight luck. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And and it's uh, you, you, you can't always know exactly all the choices that are going to happen and all the op or people are going to declare early, but you can get a sense. And there is things that you can look at. There are kind of metrics, for lack of a better word, that kind of say this is the type of player that usually declares early. This is the type of player that usually gets first round draft capital. Um, if you break out as a true freshman, I just recently did this Mm-hmm. Uh, for a, uh, an article, but if you break out over 30% market share as a true freshman in a power five conference as a wide receiver now, it's a limited number of people that do that. It's a very high bar. If you do that though, like 95% of those guys are drafted in the first three rounds of the NFL draft. That's good. So that means, yeah, that's very good, yeah. right? And you can tell that three or four years away. So if a guy does that as a freshman, you can already Check him off. He's going to be a high draft pick at worst in the top three rounds, likely first rounder. And you can just already kind of know that's very likely. Of course, you can be wrong, but, you know, it helps. And there's things you can look at that say this is the type of player you want to look at down the line. So, well, I'm glad to have you in the Devi space. You're officially a Devi player because you're in uh, this league, which will always be the quarantine and invitational. But hopefully that name is going to be a relic. Of a, t- of, a, of a of a terrible time in our history. Um, but yeah, the quarantine invitational and we've got 12 teams. We've got six guys who are analysts on Twitter um, for websites or whatever. And then uh, six friends of mine that are very good, sharp players, but not necessarily content creators. So mm-hmm. we've got the touts and the doubts and the tout and the doubt. I think I've separate. I think I set it up so there's separate playoff brackets, and then they, mm-hmm. they you know, they meet in the final. So it's kind of gotcha. a fun setup. Um, so the team you took over uh, was a former tout team. So of course I had to get a tout to replace them, and it's a pretty good team actually. I mean, you didn't Truly. take over a classic disaster. Um, but that played a think? role. That played a role in me taking the team and yeah, taking sure. over as well. You know, like I knew it wouldn't be too hard of a sale. Sell because you've got it's a super flex. Uh, yep. Kind of got a lot of bells and whistles in the scoring. So just for anyone listening, um, you know, super flex PPR tight end premium. There is some bonuses for like big plays. I believe I just got kind of crazy with it, and I mm-hmm. and I just kind of made it a very fun. There's like first down, like point one points per first down. There's like tiny little bonuses for first downs and things like that. Um, so kind of creative scoring system and you've got Josh Allen and, and Trevor Lawrence, uh, already on the team. So you've got two basically dynasty top 10 quarterbacks, yep. um, Darren Waller, 
Uh, Allen Robinson's your number one receiver. You have Michael Thomas, which womp womp womp. I mean, that's, a, that's actually a good question. Like, what do you what do you think of Michael Thomas a, as a dynasty asset? I mean, this is just an interesting point because he's on your team now. Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought before the injury, or I guess before the surgery, I should say, yeah. not the injury. Um, you know, I I was a guy I was targeting in like the fifth rounds. I felt like people in dynasty were for the most part giving him a, a fade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know if his injury concerns, like, I think, you know, for me personally, there's been a couple like behavioral red flags. Like, I think he's starting to lose it just a little bit, not like totally AB lose it, but like, you know, <laughs> still like some of the some things that concern Maybe me. tracking on that. Maybe yeah, tracking, tracking on that. Um, but like the still, you know, in the other day, like him and Kamara are the only games in town, you know, regardless who's throwing the ball. That, I think that was the thing that got me excited about him was like looking at his stats with, non drew Brees quarterbacks are still good the target share is still there mm-hmm. you know he's never going to be this like deep ball threat but like the volume volume is king and he's always going to get that volume and and i think he's always going to have a shot at being a top 12 wide receiver when he's healthy and playing and it's not the case anymore obviously the injury um you know like the the, the reports will say that he, he may have not made some good decisions in terms of rehab and when mm. he's supposed to get that surgery and whatnot but wow. at this point in time i'm expecting him to be out at least half the season um yeah. Like I, I would be, I'd be shocked if he, if he came back as early as like week six, I think I'm personally expecting something like week eight. So like, I, I mean, if you have him in dynasty, like you can't sell him. Yeah. You just, you, you just, just got to deal with it. You just got to deal with it. So um, unfortunate for the team, you know, I think about the wide receivers, like it's, you know, it's anchored by Allen Robinson and Michael Thomas after that, it's like Devontae Parker. Like John it does Brown. Get thin. Yeah. It gets, you get, it thin. gets a little thin. So that, that one really hurt me. Um, you know, I, I think like I, I had a shot at making a run with the team that I had between like just to reiterate your Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, Darren Waller, uh, running back. It's Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Miles Sanders. I got Mostert in the RB3 slot, which is, you know, for me, a good flex personally. And then, you know, rolling out uh, was going to roll out Michael Thomas and Robinson and, and Devontae Parker. So for me, I was like, you know, with this starting lineup, like. Gonna, gonna, I got a shot at it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the spot. You know, to be honest with you, where I'm like, you know, is, is it time to think about rebuilding? Mm-hmm. I, I was close, like, it's, it's a thought that I had. Um, but you know, I think I'm gonna just roll into the season, kind of see what happens, and kind of take off from there. I'm not like a fan of selling players. Um, you know, in the, in the, in this mid season as much. Like, I'm more of a, the kind of guy that's gonna look to like move players around the NFL draft or move players for picks around the, the season, just because I think their value goes up when they're actually on the field scoring points a bit. So yeah, I'm going to be sitting here, I think just like, you know, hoping the things start going in the right direction, but you know, there's some pretty solid teams in, in the league. So a little bit concerned, but um, at this point in time, Michael Thomas, I'm holding and feel pretty good about the team, but we'll have to see where it takes me. Yeah, I think that's a good assessment. You you have some interesting guys here on the bench. Um, I think that could be something. I mean, at this point, Xavier Jones in in L.A. seems to be, you know, he will have a role. And then if if Henderson gets hurt, that could be a guy you could plug in as a nice flex. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough uh, after that. What? I said it's tough after that, man. It's tough. Yeah, it, it is. is. You've the got Jalen Guyton for the Chargers. Um, you, uh, I like and Joku. Yeah, I like holding Joku for the future, man. I still think yeah, it's a yeah, tight and end. tight end premium. Aikens and tight end premium. I mean, if one of those guys pops for any reason, you could you could play them in flex for a tight end premium, and then Albert Wilson's showing out in camp, but I don't know what that means. So yeah, it's a little risky or iffy. Um, yeah, the Michael Thomas blow does hurt a lot. Yeah, that was big. Um, that was big. 
it does. So let's see if um, you kind of answered what I, what you think of your, of your team, what would you say if you could change something, who would you be looking to move upgrade, whatever at this point? I mean, I know it's, it's preseason right now, so it's not the, I agree. It's not really the ideal time to be shopping anybody. Yeah. I think probably two pieces that I would be looking to do is, um, Love Josh Allen, but I think his value is sky high. I think he's being valued at at the ceiling right now, and I think you know an opportunity to move Josh Allen plus like for like a, a like I know the reports on Burrow bad, but like a Burrow plus, um, even like a Tannehill plus to try to augment something a wide receiver. Um, I've I've personally been been looking to sell Josh Allen. I've done it a couple times successfully. You know, just we we talk we like quarterbacks. We talk about quarterbacks, but at the end of the day, we're awful at projecting them. And I think that, you know, Josh Allen being valued at like the QB2 overall, like it seems to be the consensus. I'm like, you know, could he finish there? Absolutely. But like if he also finishes like the QB5 or 6 or something, I wouldn't be entirely shocked. I mean, I would, I would move him for Dak plus, feel good about that. I think that's a great point. And you actually, I mean, you could definitely move him for a quarterback. I would get, I would get a quarterback in return. But um, you've got Darnold. I mean, it's not like you're – you're without I, a quarterback. I just, I just traded for Darnold. I actually, I don't know if you, you saw that, but I had the, the, I believe the 103 in the startup, and it was Javante Williams. And I essentially traded um, Javante Williams or Sam Darnold straight up. Wow. And, you know, I think some people might take that uh, as a little bit hot. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm, I guess I'm not the biggest Javante Williams believer. Um, you know, I think he, he kind of got pushed into that Etienne. And yeah, I mean, Harris there's nobody tier. else. Yeah, there's no one there. Yeah. Yeah, and like I don't think he's a bad back, and I think in the right situation he's, he could succeed. And I would argue that he's in a good situation. But you know, one thing that I have always held on to in terms of um, you know dynasty, um, you know, kind of theory is that quarterbacks are currency, man. And I know that Darnold has some red flags, obviously, but it seems like you know to to, to put it you know to be short, to be brief about it, is everyone gets the Adam Gase pass. Right. And why can't we at least like, you know, give a shot on Darnold? Like he hasn't been great. I get it. Like, but at the same time, like, I think he went to a good system. I think them already picking up his 2022 option um, was, was a good thing for me to see. The weapons are there. You know, if he doesn't succeed there, that's fine. But let's say Darnold does succeed on the Panthers and he plays, you know, seven, seven, I have to keep saying this. If he plays 17 games yeah. <laughs> and um, get mono. if it doesn't see ghosts, um, if, if Darnold plays 17 games on the Panthers, like, you know, we could be talking about him as like a top 18 to top 15 asset next year. And I, and I just wanted to roll the dice on him, like looking at, you know, having a core of Clyde Edwards, Hilaire and Miles Sanders, who I, Miles Sanders, who I'm not out on. Um, you know, I felt comfortable um, foregoing, um, you know, that shot at a nice run running back and, and grabbing a quarterback piece that I could either, um, you know, start down the line or possibly, um, you know, move uh, for yeah. something in the future. Well, that's another good point. Maybe, you know, you could flip Allen at sky high, uh, you know, value. But, you know, if Darnold comes out and looks okay for three games, mm-hmm. You know, by the end of September, you could flip him for a lot because that's yes. the thing in Superflex. You know, you're right. Quarterbacks are just so, 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 so valuable. And you know, I I learned the hard way when I started in the Superflex dynasty is very deep and did not really draft a quarterback. I didn't prioritize the QBs. The it's first a- one that I did, yeah, I didn't prioritize QB at all, and I ended up just 
two years in, it was like, F it. I have, like, I just, I got to pay whatever it takes. And I, and I wound up doing a huge blockbuster to get Kyler, which looks great now. Um, and some other stuff to get a QB because it is, I just, I have accepted it. It's a completely different ball game than single QB, like redraft or whatever mm-hmm. your standard home, like the whole late round QB works for those formats, but it does not work for super flex. It does not work even in some single QB super deep dynasties where there is no waiver wire. I mean, that's what it is. It's if there's no waiver wire, you have to get quarterbacks because you can't play that stream game. So yeah. anyway, yeah, I think that was a great move, actually. I mean, and Javante Williams may be decent. That's fine. I, and I mean, I kind of like him. He seems to be fun to watch. But I think, uh, you know, I think his max shelf life is like three years. Yeah. And I Sam mean, Darnold, if, if he turns it around on the Panthers. A decade. Yeah, you got a, you got a decade of like, you know, at worst, like QB2 play if things turn the right way. So yeah. it was roll the dice and it was. A, no, a I think that was a good move. I think it was a real nice yeah. move. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, thanks, and, man. And, and now you have. Go ahead. <laughs> so, and I was just wanted to hammer home your point. Like, if I'm like hurting for QBs in this league, you know, uh, top of the list: Blake Bortles, Joe Flacco, Nick Mullins, uh, Kyle Allen, Jacoby Brissett. Like, that, there's zero. That's zero yeah. points. That's yeah. zero. I mean, points. you have to you have to hope for an injury. I mean, it's yeah. just that's the way of the lay of the land in these leagues. So, I think that was a sharp move. I didn't realize you just traded for him, but that was good and. Um, yeah, I think I think shuffling QB potentially, uh, you know, say you win a couple games, maybe you get lucky, but you're sitting at three and one, and you're like, I need to I need to bolster the rest of my roster. I think you've got some some uh, stuff to do that. So I, it'll be an interesting year. I definitely agree with you. I would let a couple weeks play out. You never mm-hmm. know what's going to happen. I mean, what if Henderson gets hurt on, in week one, and and Xavier Jones is is what everyone on Twitter his little hive wants him to be. I never really got because he's like a 60 year senior, but um, whatever. I mean, anybody could do it for a year. I mean, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, so, it doesn't really matter. So, so, yeah, so anyone can do it for a year, especially when you're a couple years older than everyone you're playing. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I like the setup and I definitely think it's not bad enough to where you need to say, oh, I'm desperate. You can Correct. see how, how the year plays out a little bit. So, all right. So now I want to put on kind of the, the Devi hat because the sure. Devi league kind of does have that whole dynasty component. You're thinking of your NFL roster really in, in very much in terms of the dynasty idea, but then we have the Devi component, which is a separate roster. And this league is not the deepest, but I tried to make it a little deeper with seven man, you know, Devi lists. So seven, uh, seven guys times 12 teams is 94 college players are are accounted for and rostered so that's kind of deep i mean we have almost the top 100 college who are on a on a roster um and um you know what did you do so you jumped in you took over the dynasty part of the team i think you had two devi correct players left over and so you were basically going into a devi draft for unrostered college players with like four or five slots five slots yep correct. kind of what it what was your approach how did you do it um you know, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever worked for you, whatever you did for your articles, if you did your own thing, like, what did you do? Yeah. So, you know, it's pretty simple. You know what I did? Well, I guess I'll, I'll start off. I, I started kind of like on my own just to see what would happen. Like, you know, like trying to dive deep into some analysis, like, oh, like where do successful, you know, Debbie players go to college? Um, you know, is there a correlation to, you know, their rivals or 287, like stars that they're given out of high school? Um, is there a certain size 
um, you know, out of high school that that matters. Because, you know, it's like as a, as a dynasty player, I usually don't worry about, you know, yeah. high school yeah. players. It's more of like, oh, like this guy is doing well as a freshman. He should be on my radar. But that like is about it. So I had to dive a little deeper into understanding like what it looks like for, you know, a successful NFL player. And like, what do they look like, you know, in, in high school? And I didn't have a ton of success with it, trying to do it on my own. But, you know, the, I think the biggest thing I did, um, which I would encourage anyone to do if they have a question, is, is just lie, rely on your, your network and your community of people. Um, you know, I think to be to be candid with you, Alfred, I would have probably reached out to you if uh, you had not been in the league. But I, I wanted to uh, wanted to, to wanted to keep that one neutral, just because we would be playing together. Fair enough. Um, so, like, you know, through you know through just being on Twitter and interacting with people, you know, there, there was three individuals that I, I was leaning on, asking questions, talking about, you know, what are their what do their processes look like? What do they like to do? Um, what do those look out for? So I think those three people would be one, um, Aaron Wilcox. He, he work, does the work at Monocle. Um, uh, Levi Valentine. Um, can't remember exactly where he's at, but he was helping me a lot. And then Katie Flower. Uh, oh. The the yeah the I think she calls herself the Debbie Diva. Something um, like that. Yeah. 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 All, all of which you know I've I've been I've been chatting with for a bit. We're in like some DM group chats together. So we've been chatting for a bit, like just about football and stuff. But then the Debbie thing came around, and I was like, I know these people. Like these are great resources for me to try to learn from. These are like people that have been playing Debbie for a while, and at least in Katie's case, like she's been doing this for a, a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's just like picking their brain and trying to understand like the process and what works well for them and then from there like creating my own ranks and you know being like hey like what do you think of this and take like asking them like hey like, what do your ranks look like and just asking them questions and, like why certain people are ranked certain, certain places and just try again just like trying to get my feet wet in in, in the devi um in the devi world so um you know the big thing for me was trying to do it myself and realizing like i wasn't that successful off the bat but just knowing when to ask for help from people that I knew that are experienced in Debbie and, um, you know, relying on them for some information and some learning opportunities. That's a great, I mean, that's a great point. And anyone who's listening uh, who hasn't gotten into that just yet, I would absolutely say that, I mean, you just send out a tweet that says, Oh, I'm, I'm curious about Debbie. I mean, people will, will retweet you and tag other people and, you know, we're all really excited, especially when someone's trying a format for the first time. So you will absolutely get um, a lot of people excited to help you out, um, just like you did, Tyler. And then <clears throat> um, jumping into the draft, so, so you you went and looked, and I think this is a really important point uh, when you're adjusting from this uh, idea of the rookies where they've pretty much already gone through the collegiate filter in the sense of you already know who's like pretty good in college. Yep. And then you get these formal measurements and uh, testing at the combine and all this stuff. But you're right. When, if you're trying to look at a player before that point, where do you go? And, you know, looking at stars and, and recruiting ranking and stuff, I think you can think about it um, – in terms of buckets, I wouldn't say the the exact rank list. Like the number one wide receiver may not even end up in the NFL. I mean, a lot of times because mm-hmm. there's so much happens and you put a kid in the meat grinder of the college, everything, whether it's increase in competition, um, you know, just balancing the whole work-life balance between, you know, being an athlete and all that stuff. Um, you just don't know how people are going to respond, even if they have all the athletic ability. But – there are certain things, but I would say like a four star in general, I would 
pick guys you like in the four star range because mm-hmm. it like the exact order of those four stars probably doesn't matter as much, but as a group, that's a pool of players you want to. It, it's a boxy check. It's like exactly. are you a, are you a four star? Are you a five star? Like that exactly. that works exactly. out. I, yeah, because like it, it's I kind of start I I when I like evaluate let's say like wide receivers for example for my dynasty mm-hmm. leagues like it, it's like it's I try to keep it simple. It's like do you check X box or mm-hmm. do you have the draft capital? Check yes or no. Do you have like the breakout age? Yes or no? Like, do you have like the you know the speed score or the size? Um, you know, do you have an early declare? Like, these are just like boxes yeah. that I check to try to understand. Like, you know, every time I check a box, um, I don't even hypothetically. Like, every time I check a box, like their odds of being a producer in the NFL go up. Absolutely. So it's kind of like finding those boxes for Debbie players. You know, mm-hmm. and trying to understand that at a much lower level. Um, still something I'm still working out, Alfred. So maybe yeah. any tips would be helpful, but I think like that to me, that's kind of like how I look at it. Cause I, I, I can spend all the time in the world, like just trying to detail all the little pieces of data and put pieces together. But I've always found for myself, um, just like having these boxes of things you need to check to be successful at the NFL level has always been just a simple way of me trying to understand who's good and who's not. Yeah, no, abs- that's, that's exactly what I do. And I think about it in the same way. Every box that gets checked is a small incremental higher likelihood this guy's in a in a you know a profile of player that is successful and so i'm gonna be favor that player i mean that's that's really all it is um one one little tip that i would say that you know i i you want we we all do these deep leagues right and i think there's an innate desire to be the first on a guy or like the sleeper the super sleeper everyone wants the first tweet out (laughs) yes um and so i do think you need to watch it a little bit falling in love with like a a group of five player because uh, and that's like anyone not in a power five conference in college and it's basically because the draft capital is rarely there and then um they just that bucket of players just does not i don't care how good he is how much you like the tape it's it happens. It happens occasionally, mm-hmm. but by and large, you know, maybe pick your shots there, but I would not get too carried away loving Western Michigan guys and UTEP guys and, you know, all these smaller schools. The next Antonio Brown, I swear to God. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, it's you not happening again. That. They want to it's find not that. happening again. Exactly. That's the unicorn of, of all unicorns. I mean, he, he really, he, He's the kind of guy that like validates the whole early breakout. So if a guy breaks out as a freshman, I mean, definitely keep him on your list. But he still didn't have draft capital. I mean, he went in the sixth round. Like no one knew what he was going to be. Yeah. So I would just say as an overarching thing, once you get into that college, when you're ranking college guys two, three years away, like just kind of stick to the power five. If you mm-hmm. do that, you're going to be really more right than you're wrong. Um, and then as you get kind of more advanced, you can maybe stick your neck out for some of those G5 guys that you really yeah. believe in for whatever. You had a couple years of data even, you know, like when you got like, if like you know, they tear it up as a freshman or a sophomore, then you're like, oh, like maybe it's time to start paying attention to what's happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, well, that's great. And I'm, and I'm super glad that you're in this world now. So um, let's see. Did you like getting into the, all that? Was it like exciting? Was it overwhelming? Was it too many players? I mean... How did you feel about about that? Uh, you know, I, I'd be lying to you if I, if I didn't say it was a little overwhelming. Um, just because it's like, you know, I spend all this time, you know, familiarizing myself with all the NFL players. And then 
at the same time familiarizing myself with like players who are likely about to be in the 2022 draft and then like Mm -hmm. having to go beyond that and learn all these other names um you know it is a bit overwhelming but at the same time like you know the pressure's low like it's not like this is like a crazy high stakes league um but I, i think it comes down to what i said initially is like you know if i want to get better at this if i want to continue to you know make my like improve my craft recreate my process and become a better dynasty player um in part becoming a better fantasy football player it's like you got to do things that make you uncomfortable you got to put yourself out there you got to be willing to learn things um you know and you're not going to get better at anything let alone fantasy football if you're just sitting in your comfort zone trying to you know win by doing only what you know so I, i think it was for me just being like all right like let's take on a new challenge let's start learning some new things and you know, and it was a, it's very clear to me how that will make me a better dynasty player. So I think there was the, the mm-hmm. motivation there as well. Um, and, it, you know, it was also that time of year where, like, it was slow. Like, I think we, we did this <laughs> around, at the right time. Yeah, it got me at the right time. Like, you know, it was, like, after the NFL draft, I think, or, like, somewhere around there. So it was, like, just when, like, you know, maybe I'm doing, like, one slow dynasty startup or, like, you know, maybe a rookie draft is going on. So, like, I got time to do it, you know. So, you know, it was a good time. And, you know, for me, it was just about, like, the challenge and trying to grow as, as a fantasy player. Well, I love that. We're glad to have you. That's a great uh, attitude to, to have. And um, I will say this, you know, the first time you do it, it's kind of there's a there's a big learning curve. There's a, all this new groups of players that you kind of got to familiarize yourself with. However, you'll see next year that it gets a little easier because now you're like really familiar with everybody. You're not going to have to work as hard as the rookies because you're already going to know them from the, the 2022 guys you did this year and things like that. So the first time you kind of get over that hump and learn all these new players, but then after that, it becomes a little easier. You'll focus more on freshmen because you'll have a decent idea of the guys who already played and things like that. So it will get easier. You just did the hardest. You just, the, you did the biggest bump, uh, the biggest speed bump basically this year. Yeah. Um, now, I will say you had some wonderful, um, you know, counselors, if you will, thank for you, your you. Debbie draft. I, you you took some guys I really wanted. Um, <laughs> it was a good draft, I thought, uh, and I was very impressed, especially when you like, you know, basically self described like I'm going to blow this, and then every pick I was like, that's who I would have taken. I might have just been, I might have just been playing. I might have been playing coy with you there, Alfred. <laughs> yeah, there. yeah. I mean, that's good. You played you played possum. Um, so your first pick was, uh, I think, the third in in line. Correct, you had correct. the third pick, and you went Trevion Henderson, which yep. honestly I have to say was super impressive to me because I was like, I did not expect you to go freshman. Yep. Well, uh, I, I knew freshman. who he was. He's that, he'd be, but I think he's, he's just that good, man. Like, I think he's that good too. Yeah, and you're in Big Ten country, so you've probably heard the name. And, and oh, yeah, that's like exactly that. it. He was he was like somebody that I knew without like when I looked at this list before I'd done any research, like I'm like, oh, that's that stud. You know, yeah, at Ohio State. Stud. Yeah, that, that, that's the Ohio awesome. State stud. And, like, I'm like I said, I'm in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, very aware of – I'm not a Michigan fan, so, you know, don't come at me there. But, like, I'm very aware <laughs> of Ohio State football. So, like, you know, Trey Van Henderson's a guy that I've known about. And it's just like – I'm, and he's one of those guys like, well, about to watch him absolutely mow over Michigan for the next two, two – <laughs> yeah. at least two years here. Like, Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's a stud, man. I think he, he was a no-brainer pick for me there. I don't think that that was like a – necessarily um like oh like I, I dug deep and found him it was just kind of like i mean it wasn't even a reach like that's literally exactly where i would have slotted him behind gibbs and uh whoever went second um which was uh yeah Boutte. i think you could interchange Boutte and 
I was Henderson. I was afraid Henderson was going to go to two. I really yeah. was. No, I think he would. I thought about him at one. I mean, I considered him, but I was like, well, at least I have a little more info on Gibbs, and I really like Gibbs. But um, yeah, I mean, I just honestly, I thought that a first-time player would not jump to a freshman like you'd be like well that's too far out or something like that but that was the right move you did the right thing and i was like okay he came to play like watching the draft unfold i'm like oh tyler's not gonna be a pushover no no man i'm here man i'm here you're here so then uh we wrap back around and you went marvin mims uh one of my personal favorites but um what did you hear about mims that you liked or, or what did you learn on your own you know, I think there's just like I think there's a couple things. Like one, there's like a decent amount of hype around him. Um, you know, I think that just that's generally something that I was like kind of looking for, like in my just basic things. Like, I oh, like who are people talking about? And he seemed to always come up. You know, he was. He's, I think he's like a, a bit undersized right now. Like, not to say well, he can't put on the weight. Yeah. Um, but like, there's definitely like that kind of red flag there for me. But I got him like in the second round. Um, like the fact that he's the Oklahoma Sooner, like. Another thing like he's just gonna smash of, stats wise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like that was a huge piece for me, um, and I mean I, it, that was that was honestly really it. Like I just kind of like made these ranks and I'm trying to think like a couple guys that might have been ahead of him that that went earlier that I was a little salty about. <laughs> I think like I had like Mechie right there. Like I guess I had a pipe dream about like Kyron Williams. Uh-huh. Like, maybe yeah, those were early first. Or yeah, yeah. So I mean, like I got these guys that went ahead of him. Um, you know, in my like crude rankings, like Caleb Williams, Raheem Jarrett, Drake London, those guys are all behind Marvin Mims in my yeah. in my crude Debbie rankings. So, no, I mean that's the same with me. That's yeah. what I would do. I love so, him. I think so. He was so there. Cool. It was just he was there, and it was just kind of like, oh, like this was a guy that like I think like it was tough because like I had to do my Debbie ranks, but then since it was already a, a established Debbie league, you had to like pretty much like race right. the players that right. were taken. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like created a little bit of a you know, difficulty. So when I talk about like, Oh, I got this guy at this pick, like it doesn't really resonate like it would for like a rookie draft in dynasty. But um, the way that we had it set up and the way that I had my rank set up, Marvin Mims was like a late first mm-hmm. um, in, in just the way who was left on the board. So um, sitting there at the two Oh three was a pretty, pretty easy. Smash yeah. And here's another guy. Yeah. I had, I mean, at two Oh one, I was, I was honestly between the guy I took Jarrett, uh, Rakeem Jarrett from Maryland and, and Mims. I was between those two guys. So, I mean, I, I love the pick obviously. And if you're listening to this, yes, I did have the first pick. Yes. I finished last <laughs> in year one, whatever it happens. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, rebuild from day one. That's what you like to see. So yeah, dude. I mean, I, I love those those players. And uh, then you went Michael Meyer, a tight end from Notre Dame, uh, just came off his freshman year, and he was looking real nice. In fact, yeah, with, with all the Eric Gilbert drama, and actually now he's listed as a wide receiver at Georgia, Me- Meyer's now the number one tight end, I would say, in most Debbie lists. So that was a nice, that was a nice pick. Uh, and then you went two more freshmen running back, Shipley and LJ Johnson. Mm-hmm. Which I, you know, I like that. And I, you know, I think the interesting thing with Debbie is when you're thinking about guys you want on your Debbie roster, you really want to shoot for the moon. You don't want to stash guys on your Debbie roster who are like fringy third round picks, fourth round picks. You want to stat, if you're going to hold this roster spot four years, three years, mm-hmm. You want this guy to have potential to be like first round running back, which there's a few. There's one or two a year. I mean, there's not many, but that's the kind of guy you want to be. So I agree and I applaud you 
for digging deeper because you, what I think you need to do in Devi, this is kind of how I play. Everyone's got their own strategy, but you want to tear these guys out for like uber upside and basically then stack them for classes. Mm-hmm. And then when, when uber upside guys are gone, go to the next class. Don't get the middle guys just because they're closer to the NFL. Is how, okay. how I think. So if yep. the Uber guys are good, gone in, in for the incoming juniors mm-hmm. and the sophomores are gone, dig into the freshmen. Just like yep. go. There's no sense in getting like a half-ass pick of a maybe third-round pick in the NFL draft. Yeah. You want, yeah. So I agree with we go deeper. Just go to the next class and get the, the best yeah. guy in the next class. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, you make me sound way smarter than I am, Alfred, but I appreciate it. So, I mean, like, the, the reason I went with Will Shipley and LJ Johnson, um, again, like, they're going to sit there for a while. But, like, it was just, like, they were graded extremely high, like, graded highly. Um, like, I watched tape. Obviously, they're in college. I mean, they're high school, so they tore it up. And, like, it was just, like, the schools they were going to. Like, if Will mm-hmm. Shipley um, gets the starting role as a sophomore, like – doesn't get injured like yeah he's good he's at Clemson like he like he's gonna get drafted he's gonna be a day one maybe day two probably I shouldn't say day one he's gonna be a day one or day two pick Mm -hmm. LJ Johnson I felt the same way about like um I mean where's he at again it's Texas A&M I believe Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah like same thing there it's like you know if if he ends up taking this role at some point in time like those are schools where running backs got a shot so I mean Um, yeah, I mean, it, to me, it was also the position, you know, I don't know if that, that really carries any weight, but I was just like, I'd rather take young running backs that are going to sit there because it's much, it's much more clear position is like, are they going to start or not? There's no like, Oh, like they're not competing with anybody once they right. get that starter role. So for me, it was just like, you know, if, if, if Will Shipley and LJ Johnson are riding the bench as juniors and I just drop, them, you know, exactly. like, yeah, and we was, do have a drop period where you can do that and then just reload with the next freshman class. Exactly. And, that, and that's what you got to do. I think. Uh, once it looks like a guy's not tracking, you know, on an NFL path, just get rid of them and and dig into the next class. That's how I play. Some people, I mean, we've got, I'm not going to name any names, but like we got some folks hanging on to like, uh, like Keontae Ingram. I mean, at this point, Keontae Ingram, fringy day two, maybe, I think. Running back yeah, Zach uh, Charbonnet was a surprise of mine to see. That. Yeah, Zach Charbonnet should have been cut, in my opinion. But I mean, I play differently than other people. But like, yeah, to me at this point, like he's a guy that if he pops in year three and goes to the NFL, great. I'll get him in my rookie portion of the of the Devi draft. You know, I'm not going to stack him on my. I want the high, high upside guys on my Devi yep. list. So, um, and I think. You know, without being too reductive, because there is a lot going on here, and, and the more you refine your craft, you'll get some more tweaks to refine it. But, I mean, honestly, between you and me and the listeners... Uh, Just us. You, you can, like, bucket these guys... Honestly, it can be that simple where if you just said, I'm going, I'm going power five, I'm going top 10 teams, especially for running backs, because when Mm -hmm. you look at running backs, they do come from the blue chip programs most of the time. Um, It's safe. It's It's just like, those are, those are the areas that I want to push my chips into. Yeah. And, and the NFL teams think the same way. They want guys from Alabama. They want guys from Texas A&M. I think they feel safe to NFL decision makers as well. Um, and so those are the guys that get draft capital. It, it really does get simple. And if you're really, you know, if you're in the seventh round of a Debbie draft or, you know, maybe you're in a deeper one. And certainly when you start getting into the campus to Canton where you've got a 45-man college roster, Ooh. 
which one day you're going to join one of those leagues. But I, sh- I, I shouldn't digress. say never. I shouldn't say never at this point in time because here I am talking about Devi. And I it's actually not something I thought I would have done two years ago. Well, no, I mean, yeah, we do. We do. I'm, you know, obviously started the Campus Canton website. And the first time I was invited to a Campus Canton League, I declined. I said, that's too much. I can't do it. And that's me. And now I'm obviously all in. But I, you're, you're I, the Campus Canton man now. <laughs> it was too overwhelming for me the very first time someone mentioned it. So it does take some getting used to. But anyway, the point of, I was trying to make is you can narrow it down and just be like, look, I'm just going to take the Georgia running backs. Like you can do that and you wouldn't be it wouldn't be a bad idea. So sometimes, yeah, sometimes you can limit it down to, you know, certain schools, certain position groups and, and just like stack a couple. Like I have uh, a couple of rosters where I took two or three Georgia receivers because with Pickens out this year, someone's going to pop from them. uh, And and then they're going to pop for Georgia at a young age. And now all of a sudden you're tracking. So you got to think, I think a little more in terms of the, what kind of model, projects like yep. a guy at a power five school who can produce early let me get a bunch of those and which of which everyone pops then i'm gonna push my chips in uh, yeah. for that guy yeah i mean like it's just like you know you look at the players that i drafted ohio state oklahoma texas a&m clemson notre dame tight end yeah like it was just it was a, like it, it there was no like crazy process for me but it was just kind of like it sounds these. simple but like <laughs> that is a good process honestly because you i think to play in leagues this deep you do have to at least how I do, I hold a little loosely like my ability. You know, I I am not Lance Zerline at NFL.com. I, I have to say, like, I'm gonna be wrong a lot. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and and put all like you said, put all my chips on the guys who hit more likely. And even that is an edge over other people. I mean, everyone's got their own process, but I think that's not a bad idea to do stuff like that. Cause you don't know. These yeah. are 18 year old kids. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is like it's it's so funny you say that because like I just had this similar conversation about players getting drafted in the NFL, and I'm like, we don't know, we don't know for sure. Like we we like to pretend like obviously it's a little bit easier to project, you know, when you're talking about you know juniors going in the NFL Mm -hmm. opposed to 18 year old kids, but it's like we just don't know. It's like we are playing a game where we are trying to you know fill in the missing pieces that don't exist. Um, and making our best educated guess. And we all have our own way to make that educated guess. And and that's really all there is to it, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at Tamari and Terry. He's a great example. Like, like last year at this, like literally 12 months ago, people were like, this guy's the next Calvin Johnson. He's the next DK Metcalf. Like he's, he's huge. He's tall. He's fast. He, he did all this. He did have like a breakout age that was pretty decent at FSU. Um, then COVID weird season. FSU was awful. Did not get drafted in the NFL. He was an undrafted free agent. Then he had some, I think, off the field issues that obviously nobody knew about until it happened. Uh, and then he was like, cut. He's not even on a team. And yeah. like a year ago, he was a second round Debbie pick. Like people thought he was going to be incredible, smart people. And you just don't, you just don't know. So anyway, we be- we beat that into the ground. Um, the point is clear. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we can kind of wrap it up now, but, um, what I would think one other question would be, do you have anything that you would say, like that you learned in this process or, you know, how, how are you going to use this Debbie information for your dynasty leagues even? Cause you know, we all play in all different shapes and sizes of leagues. So how are you going to use some of this to inform your dynasty decisions? Um, you know, I, I think, 
It's a great question, but I think it's just more so being aware of like some of those like finer things we talked about. Like and something I just learned from you on this podcast is like, um, you know, the freshman um, market share. Um, but like, cause all other things that I'd always been looking at, um, you know, just like breakout age, um, declares and stuff like that. But like now I'm going to be like on top of it more than I ever was. Like I, I was looking at it retroactively a lot of times as a dynasty player, like going back to look at like, Oh, this is what happened. But like now it's something I'm going to be tracking as it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, because now I'm more, I'm invested, man. Like these, these guys are on my teams. Like I'm going to be flipping on some, some, uh, college football to watch Travion Henderson play. Like I'm excited to watch Marvin Mims catch touchdowns, like not expecting to see like Will Shipley, LJ Johnson this year, but hopefully next year, you know, yep. and it's just like, I, I think that there's something to it where it's just, you know, I'm excited to, to, to follow these guys at a much deeper level. And I think, you know, just to reiterate, it's like follow, you know, follow their trajectory as it happens, opposed mm-hmm. to like going back and doing it. And then something we talked about before, but just, you know, being, you know, being sharper about my future picks in dynasty and trying to understand like who those players could be instead of just like taking shots into the dark. I mean, I think that'd be the the simple kind of high level way of looking at it for me. Yeah, no, I agree with all that. And I love that you're going to, you know, get into a little more Saturday. That's the name of this podcast. Why wait till Sunday? There's so much good stuff happening on Saturday. So I love (laughs) that you're going to be following. And I know I'm going to, Certainly take into account all the things you're going to say on the DFS stuff for Dynasty Warzone. Appreciate and we it. Will, we will share uh, information from what we do here for College Football DFS. Hopefully you'll throw some lineups together. I think we are going to do some free roll tournaments uh, for college to get people, you know, they don't have to put up any money, but I want to have a tournament and the winner is going to get, uh, I've got actually um, a subscription to the Home Field Apparel uh, shirts. And so I'm going to give a random home field shirt that, you know, I've, I've got like, I'm getting one a week because you get a deal or whatever, but I'm not nice. wearing them. I'm saving them for the prizes. So nice. these, are not, these are not used shirts. I've got a whole stack in my closet. My wife's like, what are all these shirts? I'm like, it's a prize thing for DFS. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry um, about it. Like, they'll, okay. leave. they'll leave eventually, I promise. Yeah, yeah. I'll get them out of here during the season. But yeah, so no, we're going to do some of that. Some college DFS, of course. And uh, Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, if you're not already following me, it's at FF Tyler O on Twitter and uh, just an awesome guy. You can you can probably tell by the conversation, but but super down to earth, really fun to talk to, really nice guy, I would oh, say, uh, which is a little hard to find on Twitter sometimes. And, um, you know, uh, uh, Fantasy Hot Read is his podcast. And then Dynasty Warzone, check out. He's going to be doing some DFS stuff. So uh, anything else you want to plug, feel feel free. But um, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that that's basically sums it up. Um, we'll actually we'll be doing preseason DFS. We're not doing the Hall of Fame game. But we'll have some preseason DFS rolling out as early as uh, I Friday week. of next yeah, week. Yeah. So yeah. Things, things are going to be rolling quick. So keep an eye out for that. And otherwise... Alfred, thanks for having me. It's always great to uh, be able to chat with you, um, you know, on these podcasts and on Twitter. And I look forward to uh, talking in the future, man. All right. That sounds good, everybody. We'll see you next time.